What's happening everyone? So today I want to tell you about partnerships in real estate and what is the best way to form partnerships and what's the point of doing it all and how do you go best about doing that? The best way to do it is, in my opinion, to make sure you set up everything correctly at the beginning and let's say you, you need to go into partnership with a, with a partner who is going to put in 50% and you put in 50% of the deal and the first and foremost important thing is probably to set up a LLC, some sort of uh, liability protection uh, entity to make sure you're protected. And it's a very important thing in real estate, especially if you're doing rental properties. And you have to make sure that you are protected. Your personal assets are protected. Somebody goes and sues you because someone, someone fell on the floor in the kitchen and now they're gonna sue you for $100,000. You need to make sure that your personal assets are, are protected. And if you have a $40,000 property, they can take that, sure, but they're not gonna come after you and take your Lamborghini and Ferrari and Maserati. So having said that, the next most important thing is now that you're protected, how do you form that partnership within that legal entity or the LLC? Uh, the best way to do it is, first of all, you need to form the LLC in whatever state you are in. If you're in Tennessee, you need to form a Tennessee LLC. If you're in California, you need to form a California LLC. And uh, I might add that if you're in California, you also need to form a foreign entity LLC for tax reasons, which is crazy. Even if you're investing in Tennessee and you're a California resident, you still need to form a California LLC for every single LLC that you own in another state. So that's insane. Uh, California is a crazy state, but most of you probably don't live here. Um, the other thing you need to do is when you go into a partnership with a person, uh, let's say you go in a 50-50 deal, um, you need to make sure there is a way to break down any stalemate that may happen in the future. So if you get into a scenario where both of you don't agree on a particular decision, like let's say you do, one of you wants to sell, uh, five years from now and the other guy is like no I don't want to sell and so you get into this scenario where no decision can be made if this is a 50-50 partnership so what you need to do is to make sure you say uh, what a lot of people do there are multiple different ways to approach it but one solution is to do a 49-55 uh, split instead of the exact 50-50 split and um, you end up uh, basically having the same equity in the or I guess having the same uh, share and same stake into the company uh, because 59 and 49 are pretty much the same um, and uh, but then the, the the advantage is that one of you the one who the one who has 51% gets to decide and make that ultimate decision so it's a little bit of abstraction so what why um, I think it's very important it's not obvious what that gives you. Um, the 51%, 49%, obviously it's not about money, it's not about how much shares you have, because that's a very small margin. But what it's about is that ultimate decision-making process. And so you might you know, object and say, well, well, I don't wanna give away my decision-making rights, or I don't wanna give away my decision. Like, I, what if I wanna, what if I'm the one who wants to make the ultimate decision? And that's fine. You could still make sure you do that in a different deal if you 
most people who invest in with partners invest in multiple deals. So the first deal it could be your fifty one. The second deal is the other person is fifty one percent, and so you could alternate that way, and then your entire portfolio is going to be pretty balanced. But the reason it's very important to have that one fifty one split is because you want to make sure that that decision making process is. Uh, taken care of like there is going to be a decision made and it's not a deadlock in a scenario where uh, no decision can be made even though it's in the best interest of both parties to make a decision no decision can be made and that's the scenario you want to avoid by doing this strategy up front um, so it's there are often times that it is in both parties best interest to make sure a decision is made even if it's uh, something that they disagree with and um, for example if one person wants to buy sorry if one person wants to sell the other one wants to buy uh, to to hold on uh, the person who wants to sell uh, if they cannot do that then obviously they don't get what they want. They're not going to sell the property. And in the case of the person who doesn't want to sell, wants to hold on to it, if they, uh, you know, if the person who wants to sell says, okay, screw you, I'm going to offload my portfolio, I'm going to give it to someone else, and now you have to deal with that new person, so you end up also losing in that scenario as a person who wants to hold. So in both scenarios, there are cases where you will lose. It's always in your worst interest and not to be able to make a decision. So you always want to be able to make a decision, even if it's a decision that you may not agree with. Um, because that stalemate is the abstraction of a stalemate is very uh, it's detrimental to, the, uh, to any partnership that you do. So that's a very important thing to, work, to, to take care of very early on. And then what are the things that you need to worry about? Like the most important thing I would say after that 51-49 split is um, to make sure that you can um, alternate um, equally. Like, like you go into one deal, you're at 51, and then you go to another deal and the other person is at 51. So you wanna make sure you have that nice alternating uh, deal flow going if you go into multiple deals. Um, because if it was a, so you might say, well, why not do a 40-60% split instead of 51-49? And my objection to that, I mean, it's not really that bad, but I think it is. But a lot of people disagree with me, and that's fine, but here's my opinion. If you do a 60-40, the person who has 60 ends up being more vested in that, obviously, in that property. And it may not seem like a big deal, and you know, it's like, well, it's almost like 50-50, and then you do the math and you make sure the person who has the 60 gets more. Um, and then the other advantages, before I get into why I disagree with it, the, another advantage that people like that is because it makes the math easy, right? So if you're 60-40, it's like 3 fifth and 2 fifth. So it's pretty easy split. You can just do the numbers in your head and then you're like, okay, so that's not that bad. That bad. But like if you do 41-59, then it gets a little bit messy. No matter what amount of money you're dealing with, it's always going to be fractions here, you know, decimals there. It's just the math is not as pretty. Uh, it's not a nice round number. Um, so that's another advantage. But let's talk about the disadvantage. Uh, the most important disadvantage to me is the fact that you end up paying more, like if you're the 60% guy, you pay more uh, 
significant. I mean, it depends on the deal size, but it could be a significant amount. So, so then you have less incentive to make sure this is a good property, right? So like if you go into a deal with someone, it's like in college, right? Like if you take a three credit course versus a one unit credit course, you know, like, well, you try much harder when it's a three unit, you don't try as much when it's a one unit. Um, so it's like that, like it's important, it makes it more, that much more important for you to care about that. When it comes to due diligence, when it comes to splitting the cost of travel to go check out the property, when it comes to splitting the other expenses, if it's not 50-50 or very close to 50-50, um, then, then um, you know, like there are a lot of tangible things that you could use a calculator to figure out, well, okay, I spend like $600 on a ticket, and 60% of that is this much, 40% of it is that much, no problem. But then there are intangible things, like when you do due diligence, right? So when you do due diligence, how do you do, if it's not like exactly 50-50 and you don't have as much stake as the other person, how do you decide that you should care a little bit more or care a little bit less? And it will happen, you see, in psychology, like if you have 60% to that uh, in one deal and 40% another deal, what, which one do you think you're going to care more about than you're going to go into it? The one that you have 60% in. So you, there are going to be a lot of intangible things, like when you go do due diligence, you go do research on the property, uh, you may have more incentive or less incentive, depending on the, the percentage that you have, to do that uh, intangible task. And I think that makes, that's a huge um, factor that I think people may neglect. They will, they will say, well, let's just, we'll just do the numbers, you know, like it's 60% of a $50,000 property, no problem, and you have 40%, and then when it comes to taxes, no problem, we just multiply by 0.6 versus 0.4, and when it comes to travel expenses, when it comes to, you know, maintenance expenses, rehab expenses, all of that gets multiplied by 60% versus 40%, and those are perfectly fine, but the things that are not okay are the intangible things and those are just as important as the tangible things so just because human thought and reason and human i guess brain cannot be split into a 40 60 percent ratio um, i would say the only way to deal with that is to go 50 50. so then you have as much incentive in every single deal equally and there's no imbalance between this deal and that deal. You're always 50-50, there's never gonna be any doubt in your mind whether you should care more about this deal or that deal. And when you take care of that scenario, I think you end up being a much happier investor and you never have to struggle with those thoughts in the back of your mind. And, uh, and that's a great way to be a good investor. Like It's important to Make sure you control your emotions, you control your negative thoughts that you may have, and they will happen, it's inevitable. So you wanna minimize any opportunity for those things to happen. The, alter, the, uh, the other thing that is important when it comes to 4951, that I think is an uh, advantage versus a 60-40 split is the fact that you can take that uh, 51% and now you make a decision about it and um, you don't have to you don't have to make a decision about um, Like you know whether you want to sell or buy it could be a small decision. It could be something like I I need to 
sell this to someone else, right? Like, or I need to like offload my um, equity in this property. And then you have a nice 5149. It's a much more straightforward thing to do than if it's a 6040 because the 6040, um, you, you don't truly have that property, um, um, don't have half of that property. You have some weird percentage of it. So the investors who want to buy that from you may be like, oh, what the hell is that? I don't want 40% or like, what the hell, right? I want half of it, sure, maybe give me half of it, but I don't want like some weird fraction of it, at least if that investor is me, right? So, I mean, you never know, right? So I think that's, uh, those are some of the advantages, but definitely don't do a 50-50. Uh, there's another way to get around it is by doing an addendum, I guess, an uh, extra document that is attached to the LLC formation. Uh, you basically specify, it's like a contract, uh, or some sort of agreement that you just put in and you say, even though it's a 50-50 split and it's exactly 50% and 50% split, this person has ultimate decision-making power. So you could do it that way. You could just give away that right to that person by signing that extra piece of paper. This extra piece of paper is more paperwork. Uh, you could do it this way, but there is also a more natural way to do it, which is doing the 51-41. Uh, 51 49% split anyway guys uh, let me know what you think about this um, this is a very important topic I think when it comes to partnerships I will be making more videos about partnerships uh, but this is a very important first step before you form an LLC before you even think about partnerships you need to form an LLC and once you form an LLC you need to make sure you split it correctly so then there is no uh, trouble down the road Okay, smash that like button, subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one.